Welcome to Marrow Masters Season 5, sponsored by the National Bone Marrow Transplant Link, CGEN, Omeros Corporation, and the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. The National Bone Marrow Transplant Link, established in 1992, strives to help patients, caregivers, and their families cope with the psychosocial challenges of transplant from diagnosis through survivorship. Here's your host, Executive Director of the NBMT Link, Peggy Burkhardt. Welcome, everyone. This series focuses on survivorship. Whether you're five minutes into your survivorship or 25 years plus, we have perspectives that will speak to you, inspire you, and help you at every turn. When patients enter survivorship, it is truly a gift, but we all know it can be overwhelming at times and emotionally draining. This season will focus on helping survivors and caregivers better understand the despair, mental challenges, work career issues, chronic graft-versus-host disease, and the role it plays in survivorship at times, giving back, not giving up, finding your herd, and so much more. So grab a few minutes, grab some coffee, settle in, and get ready to be enlightened and educated as you make a few new friends along the way who will share their grit, intense honesty, and determination to not only get through this, but to thrive and live their best life. Today, we welcome Jen Barish of Michigan. Jen was diagnosed with AML in 2010. Jen is going to share her heart, her lessons learned, and she's going to focus on career challenges today, as well as her chronic graft-versus-host disease. Welcome, Jen. Thank you so much for having me today. I understand you have an important milestone that you're going to touch on, so tell us about it. Tell us everything. We want to hear about your diagnosis, your career, your struggles. And everything Thank in you, Peggy. It's truly an honor to be here today. And yes, I do have a big milestone coming up on February 8th. That will be 10 years post-transplant. So that's just a big milestone on this journey, one of hopefully many more to come. So why don't I start with who I am and setting the stage a little bit. Like you said, I'm Jen Barish. I'm a busy, working, full-time mom, wife, daughter, sister, friend, and (laughs) (laughs) so many things. But um, like you said, back in 2010 with my diagnosis in December of 2010, I was still most of those things. I was 36 years old, just shy of 37 years. For those of you that have had a diagnosis in the past, you never forget significant dates. So this is one, December 2nd. My birthday is December 14th. So it's something that's always etched in my mind. But I was a busy working full-time mom. I had a two and a half year old and a five and a half year old at home. My husband had a busy career. And lo and behold, um, an unexpected surprise diagnosis. I had no idea I was sick. I thought I was just tired because I had little people at home sure, and not sleeping great. But it was a surprise diagnosis, and I'm just thrilled to be able to share my story here with you um, almost 10 years later. It is a big milestone, so thank you. So I guess, Peggy, just in terms of when it started, I think in terms of diagnosis, you don't always know you're sick, so it's very important to just stay up on like your yearly physicals, exams. And most of these things can get caught if you're staying up 
on any of like the kinks that you might need to work out in just your standard appointments. But for me, it was just a cut on my hand that wasn't healing. And the reason it wasn't healing is because I had no immune system. And thank goodness I was surrounded by a great network of people. They were able to jump in and help out when I did receive that diagnosis. So although it was a surprise, I did feel like we were still decently equipped um, because I was coming into a leave of absence from work off of a really busy career moving forward. And as I think about all the things that were happening around me, it didn't really set in until I was in the thick of it of what this all meant. I kept hearing the words, you know, like, you don't really know it until you're in it. And it's so true. I would hear other people's stories and I would um, take words of comfort from others. But until I was really in it and dealing with it personally, I really didn't even know what that meant. Sure. So Jen, let's talk about your career and how you navigated your work. We get so many career-related questions from folks, and we know that your experience will help others as they figure it out as well. Yeah. So when it comes to career, really for me, it's more of the marathon versus the sprint. And those are words I heard from my doctors so often, so early on. But like I said, until you're in it, you don't really realize it. You don't really realize that you overcame one obstacle and there's something else just looming around the corner. You can read about it, you can hear about it, but sometimes you don't know until you're in it. So post-diagnosis, the marathon journey versus the sprint, I started to realize what that meant. I would overcome one little kink in the system that I was working out or at the beginning, three kinks at one time. But then over time, you know, the kinks started to slow down. For example, the graft versus host disease. I had so many things I was managing at the beginning, so many medications, and, you know, just trying to keep organized. Over time, those things start to taper off. The medication list starts to get pared down. Some of my medications will never go away but that's okay. I'm okay with it because they're there for a reason and I take them for a reason. I used to get hung up on the fact that one day I want to be off of all of this medication. I'm going to have no med list. Well, you know what? That's a goal to have, but it's not always realistic. So you start to get these thoughts in your head of how you want things to be, but you really do need to take one step at a time. For example, my career. I am in the human resources profession. I started out in public accounting. I'm still with a public accounting firm, but I moved out of the numbers and into more of human resources consulting, always with the same firm. And they were very supportive of me while I was there working and then while I was on leave. I started with them in 1997. We are now in 2021, so I've been there a long time. <laughs> I'll say. And their network of support was just so appreciated. They kept in touch with me, but in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, I don't know if I ever want to go back there. I want to hang up my own shingle and open my own nonprofit. And Peggy, you were with me on that journey way back when. 
acting as like my sounding board. I remember that. Yes, yes. So I was able to bounce so many ideas off of you. And at one point I stepped back and said, you know what? I don't know what the answer is. I just know that I need to focus on myself. I don't know if I'm going to go back to the same career, a new career, but right now I need to take care of myself, my family, and to redefine my purpose because I did not know what that new purpose was. I had a new immune system. Thank goodness my transplant. So um, my acute myeloid leukemia diagnosis, it wasn't cured with just chemotherapy. It was inevitable that I needed a bone marrow transplant. And because the leukemia was acute, which means it moves very quickly, now I know I didn't have a lot of time. And as I reflect on that now, um, it's like someone else's words coming out of my mouth because I did not know that at the time. I did not know that at the time. I asked for any percentages of survival, any chances of making it to the next step. I did not want to know any of it. All I wanted to do was focus on what my doctors needed me to do and what I needed to do for myself. So with that, I focused on what was important, and that was redefining my purpose and easing back into life first before career. And that meant I was relying on others and not being afraid to ask for help or to welcome help in just thinking about what's best for me. And as time moved on, I decided that, you know what? A stable job with a firm that I've been with for like half of my lifetime at that moment, (laughs) a steady paycheck and benefits and the ability to take care of my family. At that very moment, that was actually what I needed and what was important. Although I might not have opened up my own little shingle, I still do find so much purpose and meaning through my volunteer work with your organization, Peggy, that National Bone Mural Transplant Link has been with me the entire journey, and I couldn't be more appreciative. We feel the same way about you, Jen. So you're juggling it all. You got two great kids, a husband, chronic graft versus host disease. How do you make all the moving parts work, Jen? Well, I guess it's not easy. (laughs) It's not, right? You say that, and I'm like, who's Peggy talking about? (laughs) Um, But I think just easing back into the workforce, initially, I started at 50%. I was on a 50% schedule. And then over, you know, I went, I, I was diagnosed in December 2010 in October of 2015 is when I went back to work. And that was when my doctors actually gave me permission. So talk about the marathon. That's almost five full years of being on a leave of absence. And I never saw that coming. I didn't know that the recovery road could take that long. But in some cases it can. And although I was anxious to get back to work, That time at home, that seemed like a month, two months, (laughs) it went by so fast, yet so slow at the same time. But it was so important that I had that time for myself to start to learn more about, here it comes, 
my new normal, the new normal. <laughs> yep. oh, yeah, the new normal. I know um, the listeners out there, if you're familiar with terminology, you hear that so often from your doctors, your clinics, those around you. It is a new normal. But you know what? It's okay because my new normal now is fantastic. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I got to this point just adjusting along the way. So in terms of maintaining that career in the family while managing the graft host disease in the workplace, it really comes back to well-being and balance for me and just recognizing I can't do it all. I can't do it all. And for me personally, like having a project plan. So something I learned in college, in my career, just having that project plan and that end game and the means in between could be look, you know, get very messy, but just getting organized and knowing that my energy is not unlimited. And for those that are going through their healing journey right now, you probably living that at the moment, like your energy is not unlimited, but it does come back. It does come back. My energy level today is the same, if not better, than it was back when, you know, I was 36 years old, freshly diagnosed. And here I am, 47, you know, 10 years post-transplant <laughs> next week. But it's really just about that balance and taking time for yourself. And I've come to meditate. I meditate regularly during diagnosis and treatment when I was in the hospital. So for me, um, everybody's hospital experience looks and feels different. For me, I was diagnosed on December 2nd, and I didn't come home until mid-March. I went through all my initial chemotherapies, my pre-transplant chemotherapy. It was all one fell shot um, in one swoop, um, because as I mentioned, it was acute. And little did I know, I didn't have much time to mess around. So we had to get it done quick. And thankfully, I did find a match and I did find a donor through the National Donor Registry Program. And I'm so thankful for that. So all of those learnings, I picked up the nuggets along the way, but meditate, relax, sleep, number one. Although I should listen to my own advice <laughs> because lately <laughs> I've probably been burning the candle at both ends a little too much. But sleep is always number one for, I would say, anybody trying to go through recovery and then post-recovery. If you can get sleep in balance, everything else seems to follow. It's so true. You know, Jen, this is so inspiring because it didn't all just fall into place quickly. And I love the recovery time. And now you can cherish that and appreciate it, where maybe at the time it was a little bit frustrating. I think a lot of people don't realize that there are reasons why you have to slow down and heal and rest and meditate, everything. And one step at a time, and you're such an example of how you can get back to, again, the new normal, a different normal, but a very fulfilling, wonderful life in fact. So Jen, let's talk about the balance of it all. It's so important and challenging at times. We talk about the new normal. What does your life look like and how has life changed? Yes. Well, like I said, I feel like I'm telling somebody else's story and to verbalize what the last 10 years have been like 
it's the strangest out-of-body experience, but it's about recalibrating myself and evolving over time and just taking it. Here comes another one, one step at a time. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you you hear that so often, like you'll cringe, but you know what? New normal, one step at a time. Today is not going to be like tomorrow. Focus on the present. Like I can just rattle them off the top of my head because you hear them so much and you cringe at them and you're angry at them. But you know what? (laughs) They're so true. They are so true. So I just embrace them. I embraced all of the quirkiness over the last 10 years, the muddy points, you know, the battles in the trenches. I just let myself like sink in, settle into it because it is what it is. And you need to just embrace it, even though it's not pretty at times. And with that is recalibrating myself to my new normal, to my new career, to my surroundings. I do have a go-to quote, and as I sit here in my home office, um, I have the plaque sitting across from me. Life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. It's so powerful, this quote, for me. When I was going through transplants, you know, day one through day 100 and um, another shop talk here, But the best thing you can do is get up, walk laps. You know, during the chemo, during, you know, right after transplant, get up, move, walk your laps. We would walk laps around the floor. My husband would come with me, my dad, my mom, my sister, name it, on my own with my, um, back then it was an iPod shuffle (laughs) attached to my pocket. (laughs) But yeah, just walking my laps and every lap, you would take the dry erase marker and your name was on the board and you put a little hashtag and you'd walk another lap and you put a little hashtag. Well, as you walk your laps along the floor at the cancer center, there were signs and beautiful collages and pictures. And one of them was a decal on the wall with this saying, I'm going to lose it now. This is where Oh, Jen. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. I, I did not see this coming. Oh, boy. Oh. I was so <laughs> fine. Oh, I know it's okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're speaking from your heart. Okay. I need to call for a Kleenex. Hold on one sec. <laughs> Rye, are you there? Could you hand me the Kleenex box? I'm fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> My husband's like... What the heck is going on? <laughs> Good thing I he's there. This one coming. Jeez. <laughs> oh, ah. Okay, here we go. <laughs> ah. So as I'm walking, doing my laps around the Cancer Institute floor, looking at the beautiful collages, marking off my hashtags every single time I do a lap making sure I account for every single one across from the whiteboard, is this quote, life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. That's where this quote came from. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah, so that, I mean, I've seen it and heard it before, but it's my go-to quote today, um, not by design, but 
because it it just like would catch my attention and I feel like it's so many people's quotes and you see it everywhere. You know, I go into Kohl's and I see like, you know, I have the candles and the wall hangings and there's little plaques with all the feel good sayings. There's always one of these, you know, sitting there. Well, I would see this quote, like it would just randomly pop up and I'm like, okay, this is a sign. This is my go-to quote. So in my house post-transplant, you know, we would start to you know, put the little in my office, like I say, I'm looking at it right now. In my bedroom, there's a picture. Um, when I wake up and I look next to my nightstand, right there is a picture. It's a man and a woman holding an umbrella. They're under an umbrella. And there's all these splashes of color paint pouring down, pouring down, but them under the umbrella, they're protected. And to me, that picture was my quote. I bought it. I hung it next to my bed. (laughs) Good. Yeah, they're just, it feels good. And it really has pulled me through. And every time I see it, I don't get sad and think about, oh, that quote on the hospital floor. Like, it's not it at all. It's like so beautiful and so, um, has so much meaning to me. And all of the time I spent in all of the many hospitals over the last 10 years, because I'll tell you, part of that journey is, you know, my son gets sick, he has a cold, I get pneumonia. Okay. So there are pockets that you're going to have to push through. And even those spots where it was difficult, I knew I was safe. I knew I was surrounded by the proper people taking care of me. And all I needed to do was take care of myself, focus on myself, not worry about the boys at home, although I was my three boys, my husband and my two kids. Um, But I knew that they were in good hands. They had all the tools they needed because they had support of family and friends. Um, So that was very key in helping me be able to recalibrate myself, focus on myself. And I meditate on this quote all of the time. It gives me strength and hope and has opened up my spiritual religious side, which I welcome. Well, thank you, Jen. That is good for all of us to remember, especially during these trying times. So Jen has been a very important part of the link, as we've kind of touched on. She's been a podcaster for us today, a peer mentor, a blogger. She's helped with mailings at the office and literally everything in between. In fact, When I started my first few board meetings, Jen gave us a hand with her accounting expertise and helped us get ready for the board meetings. I mean, that was just so important, and I am so appreciative. You were always there for me, cheering me on in the beginning when there was quite a big learning curve for me. So I just want to, from the bottom of my heart, say thank you for everything you've done for us and for being here today. Oh, Peggy. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to get emotional again, but <laughs> it's it's a good it's a good emotional. It's part of the journey and the it's such fond memories being in the in the link office with my link ladies. <laughs> I really that was part of the journey and and it still is today. I can't thank you and your organization enough for just the materials that I was provided early on, you know, in my folder at my cancer center when I opened it up and I'm about to go into transplant and all of these materials, I, you know, slammed it closed, put it away, look at it later. It was too overwhelming. But 
when I opened up that folder again, I was so glad to see the support your organization gives and continues to give and continue to evolve over time. I do have one funny story to share uh, about how I got more deeply connected to your organization. Um, When I came out of transplants and I was ready to give back, I called your MBMT link 800 toll-free number back then. Okay. And I called because I was wanted to be a mentor. I read the materials and it mentioned about being a mentor. And I'm like, I want to be a mentor. How do I go about this? And they talked to me about, you know, being a mentor, I'm going to need to get trained and we'll have to set up about an hour or two over the phone. Back then we didn't even do like Google Hangouts or web meetings. It was over the phone, we'll have to train you. (laughs) I said, okay, that's fine. I'm all in. I'm all in. As we started to do an intake on my information and your name and how old are you and your diagnosis so we can match you, you know, with people maybe of similar qualities, it got to my city. So Jen, where are you located? Well, I'm in Michigan, gave the city, and lo and behold, here you are (laughs) five miles from my house. And you did not know that. I did not know it. A national organization that I wanted to become a mentor for is five miles from my house. (laughs) And I knew right then that it was meant to be. And I went in in person. Cindy trained me in person in the office. And I brought my son with me because at that point he was uh, three and a half years old. It was about a year and a half past transplant. He came with me and it's just all been uphill ever since. I love that. I love that story. Well, I appreciate you allowing me the opportunity to share that story. And the link has meant so much to me during my journey. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you, Jen. This was fantastic. And I know it's just going to help so many people. I hope so. It is a, a marathon and not a sprint. For sure. But we get there. We get there. This has been the Marrow Masters Podcast. Feel free to share this episode via text, email, or social media. For more, follow Marrow Masters in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to connect with the National Bone Marrow Transplant Link, visit nbmtlink.org or follow the link in our show notes.